Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. everyone to the Nichols Family Lawyers podcast. My name is Andrea Bunn and I am a lawyer here at uh, Nichols Family Lawyers. <laughs> I'm joined today by Rita Butera. Hi, hi Rita, how are you going? Andrea, good, thank you. So Rita is the CEO of Safe Steps Family Violence Response Centre. Safe Steps is a non-for-profit organisation providing services to women and children in Victoria experiencing family violence. To list just some of their services, they operate a 24-hour emergency hotline offering support, information and referral pathways to callers. They offer emergency accommodation, clothing and basic necessities for women and children who flee their homes. So it's a, it's a really important service. Uh, not only that, they also place social workers in the Melbourne and Dandenong Family Law and Magistrates Court to provide support to women through the court process, which can be quite um, traumatising. So this is just, I provided you with just a snapshot of what this amazing <laughs> service provides the Victorian community. Um, but I guess the, the key things that we want to talk to uh, today and to um, provide information to the public is obviously in the wake of the current uh, COVID-19 pandemic, all of our lives have been upended. Uh, we're all experiencing school closures and businesses closing down and widespread mm. job loss, so, which is quite um, unnerving and, and creating a lot of anxiety in our community. But on top of that, um, family violence experts are, are advising that we will be seeing uh, a spike or likely will see a spike in the incidence of family violence. Uh, this is largely as a result of um, people, the increased social isolation and uh, financial pressures that are being exerted on our community uh, at large. So, I mean, obviously it goes without saying, family violence is never acceptable in no circumstances, but given that we can see that this will likely um, increase in, in coming uh, weeks and months, it's services like Safe Steps that have become really important to our community. And I wanted to talk to you, Rita, today about how Safe Steps is meeting this challenge, but also how it meets this challenge while also keeping its staff and everyone safe and healthy. So Rita, how are you? Uh, joining me from the safety of your own home, practicing social distancing. Uh, very good, thanks Andrea. Um, practicing social distancing here, although a lot of um, the staff, the Safe Step staff are still operating as usual in the workplace. So we've got some teams off-site and some on-site. 
So that leads straight into my first question to you is, well, how is Safe Steps had to adapt its services um, in response to this pandemic? Is obviously social distancing has impacted it, how it operates, but if you could give us a bit of detail about how your services might have changed. Yeah, well, look, um, I suppose Safe Steps in 2020 has been an interesting year with um, originally with um, bushfires, the impact of bushfires, and um, we saw an increase in family violence post-bushfires, and so that sort of set off a, a bit of a peak. Um, but <clears throat> we then hit the um, 2020 um, COVID-19, and that, that's actually created a probably unprecedented um, opportunity for us to see how do we work around this and how do we continue to provide services to women and children who are mainly um, in need. So the first thing I think is really important to say is that Safe Steps is operating as usual in terms of the crisis phone line. The staff are there, the phones are working and it's a 24-7 service. So I think it's really important for everybody to understand that um, nothing has changed when it comes to the operation and we will continue to um, undertake risk assessments for women and children. We'll continue to do safety plans for women and children, and we will continue to find them um, emergency accommodation to keep them safe. Uh, COVID or no COVID, um, we will deal with each case at a, um, individually, and we will make sure that um, all women and children have the safety that they need in their home or um, in an alternative um, arrangement. I think, yeah, that's a fantastic message to get out there is, you know, mm. you're not alone. You're not alone and to reach out and uh, access the services that are still operating and still there. Um, has, we, we talk about uh, the emergency accommodation, has there been any redress to that? To, you know, there's, is emergency accommodation having to change how it's presented or is it pretty much yeah. business as usual? Um, well, look, we are working pretty closely with our state government and there is an understanding and a recognition that um, there will be an impact on our emergency, emergency accommodation services. And um, we're very confident that there will be capacity to support women and children um, with the increase, or the, the potential increase when we hit a peak um, as a result of this. Um, I think it's really important to understand that, you know, we've had family violence. Family violence was a huge issue before this pandemic. We had a woman a week being murdered yeah. and children are highly at risk with um, deaths every fortnight as well. So the same, there's the same reasons for family violence to continue in terms of some of the gender, gender drivers of family violence. And we shouldn't forget that. COVID doesn't cause family violence. No. But what we're concerned about is the added, um, the added barriers that are going to be in place for women who have been able to call us when they need help. So under, um, you know, with um, social isolation in the home, we've already had calls from some women who have said they know they're going to be locked in with their perpetrator and they're frightened of what that might mean. Um, issues around, as we've all heard of, the challenges with coercive control that exists and the level of surveillance for some women and how they will manage that when they've got no outlet as they have in the past. For example, going to school, going to a public library, 
those sorts of things, which gives them an opportunity to make a call or to get help. So we recognise that that's an added barrier for women in seeking safety. So we're very concerned about that more than anything. Um, I think that the um, the role of uh, we're working very closely with the police actually to look at how that what that might mean in practice. Um, as we're all learning, I think we're all going to be adjusting because we don't really know what we're in for. Um, we have heard of you know terrible increases in some countries of rates of family violence, and <clears throat> we expect that um, many more calls will come to us when when it's a triple O kind of call and that the police and other agencies might um, will be the ones making the referrals when women are not able to. Um, we're going to be I think, relying much more on our messages will be to families, friends, community in general and you know whether it's in the legal profession, whether it's in the, um, the health profession, whether it's in a hospital setting but taking extra note about um, the situation that women and children might be in, knowing that they may not have an opportunity to uh, seek help in any other way. So, um, you know, friends, families, others can actually call Safe Steps as well. And when we can um, look at how we can implement some, some strategies to address some of those problems. Mm. I think but that's a really great point, Rita, actually, to, to, to touch on that in that, you know, while we are obviously as a community experiencing further isolation, it is also a perfect opportunity for us all to step up and be more vigilant and uh, check in on our family and friends who might be likely experiencing family violence or having a tough time and, and really to ensure that we do still keep our sense of community in this really un, you know, settling time. I think that's a really important message that you touch on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And so, you know, we, we also have an email. People can email us if, um, if women and children are more comfortable maybe emailing or if there is less risk, we recognise that making a call to us when the perpetrator is um, in the room is very dangerous. So what we've also done is we've updated our website and um, people can go to the Safe Steps website and there's some information there um, around COVID but also some additional safety planning that can be taken into account with regard to the current climate. Fantastic. And callers, or, you know, so not callers, sorry, audience members um, can access uh, that link to Safe Steps website from this um, podcast. So I also want to talk about um, the government announced, I believe it was last weekend, uh, that it would be dedicating uh, significant funds, I think $150 million, to telephone counselling services specifically relating to family violence. Uh, yeah. Will this financial relief make its way to Safe Steps? And uh, is, it, is it enough, really? Well, I think it's it's good to see um, this level of um, commitment and I think there'll be added, there's added dollars coming also from state governments which increases the, um, the support provided um, to address some of these problems. We understand that the majority of those funds will be going to um, telephone counselling services like 1-800-RESPECT and uh, Men's Line. And also I think there'll be some kind of campaign that will come about through these funds. The detail is still not understood. Um, Safe Steps is a partner uh, with 1-800-RESPECT and we 
also provide that service with the specialist trauma counselling service that we provide. So that's also provided through Safe Steps. Safe Steps is a, um, a partner with 1-800-RESPECT. So we expect that there could be some flow through, particularly um, in the specialist counselling arm of the, the service. Um, however, we don't know how that might look. Um, I think, yeah, I think the challenge for us is the crisis service is very dependent on state government funds. And we expect some additional support from state government to um, assist us in ramping up or in addressing any kind of workarounds that we have to do in our work to continue to operate. You see, it's not going to be two or three weeks. It's going to be a long time. It's going to be mm. a long haul. And so it's even really important that we look after our own staff and to do that well because our staff are working on those phone lines and, um, you know, also needing to um, comply with social distancing and um, health and well-being of our staff is critical. So we're doing everything we can possibly do to make sure that our staff uh, know how important they are and that they're supported in their work um, every single day because we it's a 24-7 service as well. Yeah. So, you know, anxiety, there are a lot of people experiencing anxiety across our community um, and I think it's really important that the message we give is that we're there to provide the support um, and we're there to answer the call and it's business as usual and COVID will not impact on the quality or the level of service that we can provide um, at this stage. So, so we're, you know, really confident that also with the support, uh, we're working very closely with Family Safety Victoria through this process and with their support, we meet very regularly with them. Um, in, in, in managing our business continuity plans, which are a dynamic document that changes every week. So, you know, we're working together so that they understand what our needs are as well. And um, they're very keen to support us in maintaining our full operation, um, even though we really don't know the extent of how it will impact. So that's really apparent. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's a look, it's... Yeah. From every front, it's a, it's evolving constantly from a health perspective, from an economic perspective, but it's these assurances that, that people really need. Um, if they're feeling that like need help, there are services there, reach out, make the call, make, you know, send the email um, because yeah. no one's, no one's going to be left behind. Um, that's, we've talked about what, you know, the government's, you know, the support, um, being delivered by government. Uh, what about the public? What about the, you know people sitting at home who want to do more to help and are in a position to help? Um, I might you know if may not be the case that they can, but is there anything as members of the public that we can do to support our community and maybe your organisation? Well, I think that if um, the message is if somebody's concerned or hasn't heard from someone for some time, um, if someone you care about, whether it's a neighbour, whether it's a friend, that um, you, if you suspect there may be any form of family violence or any form of control or coercive control or, or concerns that you might have, you know, even financial abuse is a concern in these situations, um, that you can help. You can find out more from Safe Steps. You can go to the website. You can make a call on behalf of people. You can let us know about your concerns and talk to um, one of the staff at any time. At any time, you can do that. Yeah. So that's the message. I think it's the important message just to sort of send out. 
And I think, again, also in terms of the legal profession, the role that you play, the clients that you have in terms of custody cases and issues associated with custody, um, you're very familiar with some of the challenges that families face. And I, and I think if you take a special, a special consideration that there's another layer of danger for women um, and, you know, Safe Steps is, is there also to have that conversation with you to mm. see how we can increase the um, safety for women and children. Yeah, and that's so true. I think, um, importantly, for many members of the public, they might hear family violence and instantly think uh, physical assault, which which is an element of family violence, but it's so broad, much broader than that and so much more nuanced. Um, there's economic family violence, there's coercion, there's emotional abuse, there's psychological abuse, uh, and it doesn't always have to result in a physical assault, assault to uh, qualify as family violence. So um, I actually uh, did have a, a call with, with a client the other day where um, she was contemplating mm. separating from her partner um, but found herself in a situation where she, she couldn't afford to move out and um, to propose to him that he move out. Uh, she, was, she was very scared of his reaction and we were trying to mm. workshop some ideas of, you know, perhaps suggest uh, an Airbnb or he, you know, he couldn't stay with family and friends because of COVID-19. Uh, he couldn't necessarily go and live in someone else's household. Um, so, yeah, it, is a, it can be a very frightening time, but at the same time, there are people out there, um, lawyers, um, services such as Safe Steps, and who are more than happy to assist and workshop ideas and, and really um, provide people a way forward to really get out of these situations that are just not serving them at this time. COVID-19 or not, we're here. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.